So hello, our experts. Once again, welcome to the Rock Diagnostics podcast. In today's episode, we sit down with Lona Small, an expert in the area of medical laboratory science, who's going to tell us a little bit about why it's important to develop your core skill sets and, act, and actually what that really means. What are some of the skills you need to have in order to ensure that you can help your laboratory, you can help your colleagues, and you can help the community around you better themselves through your work. So welcome, Lona, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Robertson. I am excited to share with your guests. I am really excited because I have so many connections in Nigeria, in Africa and surrounding countries. And um, I find that there are so many brilliant medical lab scientists in the field, even as students. And um, I do some mentorship for them. And the more I work with um, even students, young professionals and seasoned professionals in Africa, I am more and more excited to share. So yeah. thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for being here. And it's true what you say. It's really, it's really true. There are lots of people with lots of um, potential here. I mean, in some cases, we make the mistake of thinking the potential is not there. But as soon as you are able to give it to them in the correct way, you see that sort of thirst for knowledge sort of bursting out all of a sudden. So yeah, I think having people like you around to help is something that we actually really need in the field. And when it comes to developing some of the skill sets, some of the things we need actually are things like leadership, things like creativity. So some of the things that um, aren't necessarily some of the soft skills that um, allow laboratories to thrive apart from the technical skills that are needed. Most people learn the technical skills, but don't, they don't necessarily learn the soft skills behind that. But today we're going to talk about developing your, your core skill set as a medical laboratory scientist. Um, what do you understand by that, developing your core skill set? Yes. So um, over the years, uh, for me, I have struggled um, in the field of medical lab science. Um, there was a time when I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Like a lot of people wanted to go to medical school and um, I didn't get it. I didn't pass the exams at the level that I needed to get into medical school. I didn't get the A's in, I am from Jamaica. And at the time they had one medical school for so many Caribbean islands and you really had to get straight A's. And I was devastated because I thought that, you know, it's like you were kind of groomed to, if you really want to do well, you go to medical school or you're a lawyer or something. So I was really devastated. And then I found medical lab science and I thought, hmm, that's kind of close to <laughs> being a doctor. So I didn't know much about medical science and I got in. And as I started to grow and got promoted, I realized that I was not, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the tools to, like you talk about the technical skills versus certain leadership skills, or just being that I, I had a training at talk about moving from technical expert to an impactful leader, I had no skills to lead. And I remember going to my manager at one time when I got a promotion as a supervisor, I just came to the States. I'd worked as a supervisor in Jamaica for, you know, many years. And I did not understand a lot of the challenges. And when I went to sit with her to ask for help, she basically looked at me and said, you just going to figure it out. 
She said, I had to figure this out by the seat of my pants. So you're just going to have to figure it out. And I felt left alone. I felt unsupported. I felt as if, you know, I felt lost. But then I made that decision to figure it out. So I went and I did so many different training. Um, I did a lot of training and it took me all over the place, but I'm glad that I did. A lot of it I needed. Some of it I could just pull some things out. I may not need everything, but then I realized how important it was to understand your core skill set. And so I designed a framework where I help medical lab professionals who are either unsure of their next career growth opportunity. They may feel undervalued. You know, of course, a lot of times we're undervalued, we're unsure, and we want to make an impact, but we don't know how. So now I help medical lab professionals to really understand their core. So I go through this whole framework where they understand their core and they can have that courage to contribute at the high level. So um, yes, those courses, that core is very important. Yeah, and you said you developed, um, but first, what sort of training did you do back then when you, you said you went in multiple directions? Yes. What were some of the most important directions? Yes, so I, I mean, I talked to a lot of medical lab scientists. They're like, okay, you did this. Maybe I should do this. That was kind of what I did. I looked out there and I'm like, okay, biotechnology, maybe I should do biotechnology, which in here, biotechnology is kind of an advanced um, yeah. uh, graduate study. When it, and it's more into the whole um, biochemistry part of it that's not very relevant to clinical lab. It's more research based. And yeah. you know, when you don't know and you don't have a guide, so I'm like, I'm going to do that. And um, I'm going to try to go back to medical school, or maybe I should do PA. And I started all these different things. Some of them I realized that wasn't really what I needed, but eventually I did my MBA and it was a focus on health. It was actually a healthcare MBA. And while doing that, even though now I don't use many of what I've learned, it was very intensive. It was focusing on the business aspect, the healthcare aspect, the leadership aspect. You know, I learned there were so many different um, electives that I learned. But then what I gravitated towards during that MBA, healthcare MBA was process improvement and healthcare quality. So, you know, you can probably do something and based on your core core skill sets or your core strengths or your, your passion that you have, you may gravitate towards something else. So I gravitated towards process improvement and healthcare quality. And what was really, really made a difference in my, the whole trajectory of my life was the fact that it was a healthcare MBA where we were working with physicians, nurses, physical um, therapists, radiologists, and I could see where the lab fit into this big global healthcare picture. And mm -hmm. my goal was to grow and grow out of the lab because I wasn't getting what I thought I should get. But doing that helped me realize we had so much to contribute to healthcare. Just working with other healthcare um, professionals let me realize how much we had to contribute as a lab 
to the big picture. And it kind of changed my whole passion to start showing the value of the lab. So I may seem like an advocate for the lab, but then I experience in real life what we can do and how valuable we are to the big picture. And a lot of times we're in the lab and we don't see the big picture because we haven't been exposed. So we may be doing the testing and not realizing the major difference that that's making. And you know, even that big picture of, okay, the hospital, depending on our turnaround time or depending on the type of test that we're using to, to maybe help with sepsis. And I'm talking about sepsis because that's a big problem in the US. Well, when you mm -hmm. think about Africa, some of the big um, healthcare um, challenges like malaria and other things, um, that may be a challenge. And when we look at the major, the big picture and in terms of cost, in terms of lifestyle, in terms of public health, and we start connecting that to the big picture and start working with other healthcare leaders to say, this is what we're contributing as a lab so that they yeah. can see our value, they can respect us and with more time or we can start asking for even more money. But when we are so siloed and we are contributing to the big picture and most people don't realize that it's our contribution that's making that big difference we don't have mm -hmm. that visibility we're not working with the teams with people at the high level where we are saying this is the contribution of the lab so that really was a major shift for me when i did my healthcare mba and it wasn't so much like okay i learned how to do finance or i learned how to do all these other things that yeah i learned it but I picked out something out of it that yeah. really changed my life. So I think for, in terms of core roles, what I do with um, people is help them identify their passion, help them identify some of the experiences that they have had, help them identify the things that they do very well, help them to identify the things that for them, they want to make that impact. And they stand out as a unique person that they can say, this is how I'm contributing at a high level. I have a lot of passion for it. I'm trained for it. I am an expert in that field and I can contribute at that level. So that yeah. for me was, you know, I know you're asking me, what were some of the things that I did? You know, I did my MBA. And then before you know it, I was doing a project management because I did so many process improvement now that I wanted to do my PMP in order to manage projects. And then I realized the importance of process improvement and quality. So I moved and I started doing other certification in business process management, where I could look at ROI for the lab to say, mm -hmm. okay, these are how, this is how the lab is contributing to the big picture. And I can show you in terms of impact impact studies. And so yeah. then I started developing myself as a leader. So I started going outside of healthcare and I started doing training in high performance. And before you know it, I'm being coached and I'm doing a lot of training that's so irrelevant, may seem irrelevant to lab, but I'm taking that back to the lab. Um, when I'm understanding high performance, I'm understanding the holistic um, level of how do we grow 
as leaders, not just intellect. There's yeah. a lot more to it. How do we take care of ourselves mentally, um, emotionally, the whole social aspect? And, you know, so it's a growth for everyone. It's a journey and the journey may not be exactly the same. But once you know your core and start identifying that, then you'll start moving from one level to the other and you have a passion for what you need to contribute. So for me, yeah. my passion is to help medical lab professionals, to help medical lab leaders, and I grow in order to help them. So I keep yeah. growing and I keep learning. Now I'm a coach, I'm an executive coach. So I love training. So my journey won't be everybody else's journey. But once you know your core, you can set a vision for yourself and start moving towards making an impact in yeah. your area. So from what you've been explaining, what I'm getting is that it's first about developing the core skill sets of individuals, but also determining this core, the core skill set eventually of the laboratory to then figure out how it fits within the whole of the healthcare system. So that's a bit what you're focusing on more these days. Yes. Yeah, so for me, that was my journey where I saw how important the lab was, um, how valuable the lab was in terms of the big contribution. But then if someone else, once they identify their core skill set or their core role, maybe a little different. Um, yeah. You know, they, but then it's like, we need all of us. We need a lot of diversity of skills and expertise to work together to make things happen. If we are really, well, depends. I think for some people it takes a bit more time, but for most people, I think we really know what we are mostly interested in. So in my case, as an example, when I was going into the medical laboratory science field, it was never to stay on the technical side of things because I knew that over time, I would grow out of that. My idea was always to go a bit more into the management side of things. And so from there, like from the start, I knew approximately in what direction I wanted to go. And so I just mm -hmm. kept on building towards that. But yes, I see how knowing what it is that you want to specialize in can help you because that means you spend less time going in multiple directions that may not lead you where you eventually want to end up. And maybe that's why in some cases I've had people who studied within medical laboratory science, but after a couple years, they left the field completely. And when discussing with them, it's a bit like they got to a point where it did not satisfy them as much as it did in the beginning, because they wanted to move out, they wanted to branch out, but they didn't know how, they didn't know in what directions to go, they didn't know in what to specialize. And so eventually they kind of moved out, which is a loss because we need people in the healthcare field, especially in Africa. But in the end of the day, they had to branch out. Now, when it comes to the development or determination of your core skill set, what are some ways people can go about doing that? Yes. So just like you say, a lot of people, they know that they may have an interest in a certain area, just like medical lab, and they have done a certain amount of work. And then after a while, it becomes monotonous and they know they want to grow in the field, but they don't know how. And that was where I was. So what I do with um, people who are really wanting to grow and they don't know how, I help them with working on their court. The first thing in working on their core is identifying that core role, which is that next level growth 
career because yeah. a lot of people don't know what. What is it that I want to do? I know I want to do more in the lab, but what do I want to do? So I help them first identify their core role. And I know we were talking about different skill sets and everything. So with your core role, you would have had to have some experience doing something. <laughs> so say you're in the lab for a while, you, have, you find yourself doing some things, you know the things that you love to do, you know the things that are monotonous, and you know the, the skills that you have developed, either through training while you're in the lab, or maybe you have done those training before you even got in the lab and you weren't able to utilize some of those skills. So there's like a whole questionnaire that I put people through so that they know the things that they're really great at. They know the things that they're either curious about, the things that they're really excited when they do it, it really lights them up while they're doing it. They know the things that sometimes for them, you need someone else to really tell them that, you know, you're, you're so great at doing this. So there's different things throughout that questionnaire. And once you go through that questionnaire, you start identifying exactly what, because so many people it's like, I know I need it, need to do something, but I don't know what, and that what is going to depend on certain unique skill sets. Like, like I say, unique skill sets could be things that you have developed, things that you are passionate about. Right now, I'm moving into executive coaching and consulting. And when I think about my whole life, I've always wanted to encourage. I've always wanted to empower people. I... <laughs> have a whole story. Um, when I was 12 years old, my father died traumatically. And I mean, during that time, you'd think that I would be wailing and crying, but my mind was like, there has to be a better way. You know what I was doing? Walking around, encouraging the 40 years, 40 year old, 50 year olds that were crying. He was a leader in the community. People were feeling hopeless, screaming. And I was walking around at that point. It wasn't like we expect it was a sudden death. So it wasn't like, okay, he was sick. So I should be traumatized. Mm -hmm. And I was the one encouraging people. So there's a lot of times when we have some natural skill set that we either ignore because someone said you should be a doctor or, or, another position look more for more status and then you're in that position you have always wanted but you ask yourself why am I not happy and a lot of time when you're not happy you may not generate the income that you were hoping to generate because the way you are operating on that job there's no joy you may not even be liked because you're frustrated people won't want to promote you so there are so many things on so why it's so important to identify your unique skill set, knowing the things that you're good at, knowing the things that you're passionate about, know the things that you took the time to do the training to develop. So it's a whole list of things that come together that at the end of it, you can identify that core role that yeah. um, you will do well in. And so I help people identify their core role, but not only that as their core. But there are so many other areas that's important, like their core values. What are the things that are important to them? Because when you identify your core role, 
if you don't have, if you don't understand other things to support you in that role, because I may say I want to be a process improvement consultant and I just accept any job without thinking about what's important to me. I accept a job that's in conflict with my core values and I'm miserable and I may not understand why am I miserable? I always wanted to be a process improvement consultant. Why is it not working out? So it's important to know your core value and make decisions based on that. So mm -hmm. I, when I coach people, we work on their core value. We look at their core vision because you have to be clear about that job. What do I want my life to be when I'm in that job? So your core vision could be about family, money, lifestyle, freedom. Be clear about that when you're making that decision about that core role. So it's not just knowing I'm good at this or knowing that, oh, I always wanted this because I think it's at the top of the chain and then I'm miserable and I'm not making the money. So it's just such a big thing to understand. And it took me years of coaching, learning high performance, learning to develop myself. And so now I have like training to help people with just understanding how do they identify their core role and how do they get to that. And then for people who are there that may be a leader and may be wondering, why am I miserable in this role? I help them to have clarity about how they want to show up every day and how they want to contribute every day. Yeah. And speaking a bit about people who are, let's say on the jobs, but in some cases might feel a bit miserable or might feel like they're not in the right place. Uh, I've had people that I've spoken to in the past who are, let's say on the technical side of things, they're doing the bench work. They love it, it excites them, they like doing it, they don't mind the routine. So usually you find two categories of groups, those who actually love the routine and those who really don't like it at all. But then there are some who really like the routine, but feel undervalued at their job. So usually what I realized with this set is they stay for a long period of time because they like the job, but eventually they sort of slowly bit by bit drop out. So for someone who feels undervalued at their job, what are some of the steps they could try and, to, and take? What could they try to do to get out of that rut? Yes. And, you know, the first thing I think I would say to anyone who's in that situation, it doesn't have to be this way. Because a lot of people think that, yes, in order for me to get what I need, I have to suffer. In order for me to, I have to, you know, I have to work hard. I have to get home tired. I have to not get sleep. I mean, I'm just doing this because, you know, I have ambition and I need to feed my family. And I understand in some situation, there's not a lot of choice. In There are some places it's very difficult to get jobs. Yeah. Um, so understanding your value, that's going to be very important. Um, knowing what's important to you in a job. So um, I kind of walk people through like a exercise and it's really helping them to, to identify their core values. A lot of people think they know their core values. They, anything that sounds good, they're like, that's my core value. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. I care about people, I this or that, but they haven't really spent the time to really understand what's really important to them. And you'll know when you're in a situation where there's a lot of internal conflict. Um, so I help people go through this exercise to understand the things that irritates them. You know, the things that um, maybe they know that, you know, understanding their why. So it's a whole exercise of on identifying their core values. And even in the end, you may find yourself, there's a lot of values that you may have. Well, when you narrow them down to the three to four things that are really important to you, that you know that there is no way if I'm going to make a decision and I have to make a choice, I'm, these are non-negotiables. Yeah. So if you know those, then you'll know if you're in the right place. And so for some people, freedom is their core value. Some people, control is their, their core value. Um, some people, certain ethics is their core value. And so they're in a or continuous growth. For me, it's continuous learning and growth. So if I'm in an environment where I'm not growing, I'm miserable. So it's so important to understand your core value and make sure that you're in a place that's supporting your core value, that's being aligned with your core value. And that's where you thrive. That's where you get the promotions. That's where you start leading. That's where you're lighting up. And, and a lot of people don't realize how important knowing those core values are when they're even applying for a job. Understanding what the jobs stand for, understanding their, the leadership structure, understanding how they treat team, you know, yeah. understanding if they value sending people off for training, you know, things like those. So I help my clients before they even, you know, because I help them with a blueprint for their next level career. So before they even get to writing that blueprint, their core values, understanding that and aligning it with certain companies is, going, is very important in the process. And I know for some people it's very difficult um, when it comes to changing careers, but sometimes it may mean just having a conversation with their boss or getting to that point where they become the boss, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. where they start making changes or, you know, or making, you know, once you get to that level where you start believing at a certain level, where you're not afraid to walk away. But I wouldn't say that for some people who are not there yet. You have to be at that place where you're, you have the faith, the confidence, the courage, and you know who you are. And you know that there's no way I know I'm going to get another job because you have, you're confident. But that's a growth process. But yeah. um, making sure that you're not, there's not a lot of conflict with your core value having conversations with your um, boss. I coached someone who thought that she was being held down. She was miserable. She knew she had a lot to contribute. And once she went through the coaching and she understood a lot more about herself because, you know, you do, I do core self. So they go through a lot of things, understanding their self, core values. And she thought that people were really holding her down and not believing in her and put it, and after she realized that 
she could make a difference. A lot of times it's how we think and we're thinking it's other people think that about us. So within three weeks, she was having a conversation with her boss and what she wanted to do, she was just two years on the bench and she wanted to be a quality manager. And she told her boss what she wanted to do. And her boss was making opportunities for her to do projects to lead her into that role. And all along, she thought they were just holding her down. Yeah. Yeah, I think it happens to a lot of people, happens to a lot of people. And even in some cases, when you get to a stage where, uh, let's say you're promoted to that next level, in some cases, you might not be ready. So we talked about having impactful leaders at the beginning in some situations. So for example, here, you may have this. Usually what tends to happen is it's the person that has the technical skills that's being promoted to be the next leader, but sometimes they don't have the tools to allow them to lead. And so they're kind of thrown into the deep end of the pool and then they're told to go in and then do their work. But eventually the results they get aren't necessarily what they could get if they had the right tools to work with, if they had the right mindsets to work to work with, they could um, inspire the people around them to follow them in particular directions. And so mm-hmm. I think that's one of the areas where we've had problems here in the past, where you get people that have the technical skills here. Yes, they're put there in that leadership role, but the lab is kind of stagnant. It's not bad. It's not good, but people don't feel quite happy. Nobody really knows why. And everything is sort of midway. And of course, eventually, like we, like people tend to say, if you're not moving forward, then you're going back because other people are moving ahead of you. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the problems we've been having, I think, in our in the laboratory sector here for actually quite a while. But right now, people are trying to get out of that. People are trying to learn, especially mm-hmm. with the internet, with lots of courses online. People are mm-hmm. really able to learn a lot more and then keep moving forward. So it's nice to have people around you like, like you that can help. Um, You also talked a little bit about um, trying to assess when you're in in a leadership role, trying to assess how well your laboratory is doing. Um, Assuming there's someone who's watching this who is thinking that uh, things have been stagnant in their laboratory and they would like to make it better. What are some steps they could try and take to enhance the working Mm -hmm. conditions of their colleagues and their workers? Yeah. So I have like a step-by-step that I am actually getting ready to put together a challenge. Um, I use the same steps in like a five-day challenge. So what I usually help leaders to do, especially leaders who want to be good leaders, it's not their fault. They were put in a leadership position based on their technical skills. They are aspirational um, people. They do very well in areas in which they were trained. But now you're placed in an area in which you're not trained. And then all of a sudden you're expected to do well and you don't have the tools. And it happens everywhere in the U.S., in a lot of technical fields, even yeah. anywhere in health healthcare in general, where people are promoted in technical fields mostly people are promoted based on their technical skills and they are not given the tools. 
So what I usually do, I go through um, different steps. First thing I said is, first step is be aware of where you are. Um, look at your current situation and be honest about it. Where am I? So say, for instance, as a leader, what is going good for me as a leader? What's not going so good? and what's going terribly. So I get a sheet of paper and I have three different um, columns, good, not so good, and terrible as a leader. And I may say, okay, what's maybe some of the things could be areas of preparedness. How prepared am I to be a leader? Um, other things could be support. What kind of support am I getting either from my team or from other leadership? Other things could be um, the and you know, just how excited I am in my job. Just any area that you can think of that comes to you, just write it down. What's going good, not so good, um, and terrible. Then look yeah. at your team and do the same. What's going good with your team? Even for preparedness, like how prepared are they? What do I have in place in terms of training and competency and other things? Um, you know, do they have certain autonomy? And, and you could say the same for you. Do I have certain autonomy to make decisions? And, you know, just write down what's going good, what's not going and terrible. And then any yeah. other things in your um, environment, the infrastructure set up, um, the, the org chart, any other thing, write that down. So that's the awareness piece. So it first start with being aware of your current situation before you can do anything about it. So it's kind of a transformation from technical expert to an impactful leader. So your awareness. The next thing is acceptance. So you need to accept where you are because a lot of us complain, whine, blah, blah, blah. I was placed in this position. The person before me didn't do this. They didn't have this in place. They didn't train me. Da, 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 da. How is that helping? <laughs> you know, I give an example. I was asked to be a supervisor for a histology lab that had backlog for months. And I looked and I'm like, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they send this off? But that's not going to change. It's there. You know, I use an example about you go to the dentist, you have a cavity and you have to accept there's a cavity before they can do something about it. Don't go home and like, look, I can't believe I have a cavity. Okay, you're going back to your bed with a toothache or something. So yeah. acceptance is a is the next step. And mm -hmm. then, so you're going to look at all the things that you have on your list and say, okay, I have to accept the situation and um, there are certain things that I cannot change, but there are certain things that I can change. So accept the things you cannot change and move forward with the things that you can. And it's so important to decide what's going to be the things that is are important for you to move forward with. Because a lot of things that you may want to move forward with, may you may not need to move forward with them. Yeah. So um, I use example like, you know, you find that you're encouraging people to come to your office to complain about somebody else or some of those things you need to leave behind. <laughs> you know, what are the yeah. things that I can change? A lot of times it's probably going to be you as a leader. Like, okay, what am I committed to change about me? Write those down. So you're going to look at your list and the things that are probably not doing not so good, pull out the things that you want to change. Leave the rest behind. You cannot put everything with you. 
you're you're gonna move on with the same situation if you take everything with you. So yeah. accept those things that didn't work, leave them behind, choose the ones you wanna work with and say, I'm committed. I'm gonna take responsibility. I'm the leader, the buck stop here. I'm gonna work on these things. And so you make a commitment to work on it. I usually help people set a goal based on the things that they choose to change. They mm -hmm. write a goal, which is a smart goal. Like by the end of, or by the end of this year, I will blah, 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 blah. So you leaving your junk behind, you're making commitment to move forward and decide that. Then you'll make that commitment like, and make it in the present tense and start visualizing the future with that commitment. Once you do that, you break that down into tasks. So you have a year that I'm gonna, I can make these changes. I know I can, even if it means that I'm gonna have to do some training. If it means that I'm gonna have get support. If it means I'm gonna reach out for whatever, but I'm committed to make these changes and break them into tasks set timeline and work towards it because nobody else is going to be able to do that on unless only you you're going to take that responsibility you're going to be clear about where you want to go as a leader and make that commitment to change so that's usually that framework that i use moving people from technical expert to impactful leader but yeah. there are people like me who is always here to support. There may be, um, I know in Africa, there's, um, what do you call those? African Society of Medical Lab. Uh, yeah, generally different in different countries. Yeah. Yeah, different that you ones. can go yeah. on their websites, look for training, go on different websites. But whatever you choose are committed to change in, make sure you're breaking them into tasks and deciding how you're gonna get that help. But you have to actually start acting on it and not just like, woe is me, that is not gonna help. <laughs> well, we like doing the woe is me. It makes you feel good sometimes. <laughs> right, and then we find ourselves in the same place. <laughs> exactly, it makes you feel good in the short term and then in the long term you drop down a well and it's hard yeah. to get out. So if you had any last words for those watching this today, what would that be? You know, I would you know, say this, what I say just now is take responsibility for the change that you want to see. Take that responsibility and, you know, reach out and get help. So yeah. um, I had to do that. And I think that's <laughs> the only way we're going to get to where we want to do, get, get to where we want to go, take responsibility for the change that we want to see within us that's the only way to move forward and so if there's anyone watching this who would like to get in contact with you what's the best way of going about that what social networks so i am a lot on linkedin so under lona gordon small i am on linkedin i am on facebook at lab opex so lona small lab opex you can search that. I think I'm the only Lab OPEX anywhere. My shows are Lab OPEX. YouTube is Lab OPEX leaders. So yeah. you can search for me, especially on LinkedIn, send me a message on LinkedIn. 
Um, if you need support, I know it's very difficult for, especially with exchange to, you know, support to get the kind of training. But if I have any free training on YouTube, you can jump on YouTube on Lab OPEX Leaders and um, reach out to me if you need anything. Thanks a lot again for being here with us today and for answering these questions. Thank you so um, much, Robertson, for having me here. Thank you. So a lot of experts, you've heard it. Um, accept the things you cannot change, change the things you can, and always keep your eyes towards the future, keep moving towards the future so that you can make your lives better, you can make your labs better, and you can make your communities better. Thanks a lot and see you next time for another episode of the Rock Diagnostics podcast. Thank you.